0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم صلى الله عليك يا رسول الله وعلى اهل بيتك المظلومين صلى الله عليه. يا, مولاي وابن مولاي. يا الله الواسع ويا باب نجات الامه ما خاب من تمسك بكم أمنا من لجأ إليكم روحي وأرواح العاغة امين لك الفدا واقلل الفدا يا ليتنا كنا معكم سيدي فنفوز والله فوزا عظيما بار محمد وال محمد صلوات الله عليه وسلم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الحمد لله الذي هدانا لهذا وما كنا لنهتدي لولا أن هدانا الله وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن سيدنا وعظيمنا وحبيب قلوبنا النبي المؤيد والرسول المسدد والمصطفى الأمجد والمحمود الأحمد حبيب إله العالمين أبي القاسم محمد Salawatullahi wa sallamu alayhi wa ala ahli baytih al-tayyibin al-tahirin al Sufunin najatil al-a'lam man rakiba safinatahum naja wa man anha halika wa Summa Thumma amma ba'd, respected sisters, brothers, elders, scholars, As-salamu alaykum jamiaan wa rahmatullahi wa barakat Indeed, like our respected MC said, tonight is perhaps... One of the most difficult nights for the family of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa wa sallam. As it leads the holy caravan to the final destination in Sham before they were taken back to Medina. And when Imam Zainul Abidin sallallahu alayhi was asked, what was the most difficult time of your journey? During the battle of Karbala, was it the martyrdom of your uncle Abu fadl al-Abbas? He said no, although it was a great tragedy. Was it the martyrdom of Ali al-Akbar? He said no, although again it was a massive blow to the army of Imam Hussein salawatullahi then they said was it the death and the slaughtering of Ali aliyun al-azhar he said no and they kept asking him until they said then what is the most tragic moment in all of this battle he said sham sham was the worst moment that happened to us as the family of the prophet we were paraded and humiliated in the streets of Sham, people looking at our woman, whom no one would even cast a glance at before. And now we are being taken and paraded in front of everyone making mockery of us to the extent that the Imam says, and you know that the Imam was led in such a manner that it is difficult for the mind to accept or to relate to and this is just the beginning i will come to it to the end inshallah i won't start the Musiba now i will start after my lecture inshallah but in passing i'm saying this you know that imam zainul abidin was led into sham in chains and the chains were put in such a manner that the children were tied first, then the woman, then the last one that was tied was Al-Imam Zainul Abidin, salawatullah wa salamu Not only was he chained, salawatullah wa salamu but they placed something called al Jamia around his neck. And al Jamia in Arabic is basically a cylinder, a type of a cylinder, that has nails protruding on the inside of the cylinder not on the outside so whenever the imam would move his neck these nails would go into his neck and he was unable to stand upright because he had to keep kneeling in order that the children in the front would not fall down so imagine Imagine the sight that Imam Zain al-Abidin was in entering the streets of Sham and the Bazaar of Sham in that situation to the extent that one of the companions of the Prophet who was in Sham for trading, he says, I entered Sham and I saw that Sham was in absolute state of celebration and I could not understand why. That is so, because it was not the time of Eid. So I thought to myself, is Sham celebrating Eid that Muslims in general don't know about? And all of a sudden, I saw this kafila of people coming into Sham. So I asked someone, who are these people that are being paraded in front of people and people are Celebrating and feeling the euphoria of triumph and victory over this handful of people. Someone the, the, the riwayah says someone told that companion of the Prophet, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, these are the renegades among the Turks and Ajam, meaning these are the ones who went against the government of Yazid, and they are not even Arabs. Are from Turkey or from a different part of the non Arab world? So he said, This is strange, I've never heard of this. He slowly came towards the kafilah until he saw Sayyidina Zaynab. Then he realized that Karbala had taken place and that these are the family of the Prophet. So he drew closer to Sayyidah Zaynab and said, is there anything I can do for you? She said, go to your master, Ali Zayn al-Abidin. He's at the end of the caravan. So he goes towards the end of the caravan, and he saw, as he's approaching, he saw Imam Zayn al-Abidin wearing something red. That's what he saw from far. So he said to himself, he's saying the riwayah. He is the one who is relating that incident. He said, I said to myself, as, as if I was talking to myself, is this the time for my imam to wear something red? Red is a colorful celebration. You don't wear red in a moment like this. He said, until I drew closer to him, only to realize that this red color was his blood that was coming from that cylinder with the nails that was poking the actual neck of Imam Zaynul Abideen what can we speak about the plight of Ahlul Bayt then this Saad went closer to Imam Zainul Abideen and said to him is there anything I can offer you he said who are you he said I am the companion of your grandfather so and so I am here on a trade. Then look what Imam Zayn al-Abidin says. This is a message to all of us. He says to him, do you have money on you? He said, yes, alhamdulillah. I'm a merchant. I'm a businessman. He said, then go and buy some fabrics. Some pieces of fabrics. And go and give them to our women. And so that they could cover their faces because they're Niqab and hijab was taken from them. he said what else can i do he said go and give money to the person who's holding the head of imam hussein so that he would go away from the kafila so that people would focus their gaze on the head instead on our woman <laughs> this is part of the plight that happened to ahlul bayt On the day that they were led from Karbala to Kufa and then initially or ultimately to uh, 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 Sham. Tonight, I don't think I would be doing justice to Imam Hussein himself, salawatullah wasalamu alayhi, if I don't speak about his sister, Sayyidina Zainab. Salawatullah wasalamu alayha. This Zainab, this lady that... Was given the task and the mission of continuing the journey of what Imam Hussein salawatullah started. Without speaking about Zainab, we would not be doing Ashura justice, we would not be doing Karbala justice, and definitely we would not be doing Imam Hussein Salawatullah any justice. And I think the best way. <coughs> To talk about Zainab is to draw some sort of a comparison of similarities between her and her great and noble and chaste mother, none other than Asiya Zahra, Salawatullah wa Salamu Alayha, Salu Ala wa Ala Muhammad. Because the purpose of the exercise behind making that comparison is in no way to bring down the status of a Sayyidah Zahra, salawatullah wa salamu alayha, since she is, by the words of her father Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa ali wa sallam, among the four women who were perfected and completed. What he said in one of his statements. There were a lot of perfect men in reference to the fact that there were prophets and awsiyah so there were a lot the prophet says of perfect men But among the women only few reached the level of perfection and among those are four women and he names them And look at the way the Prophet names these four women. It is, and it has a lot of significance to understand from the naming system. He said the first of them is Asiya bint Muzahim, wife of Faraon. Maryam bint Imran, uh, mother of Jesus, Isa. So these two women basically represent half of mankind right for Bani Israel right and Zay and, and and Jesus the Christian world and to represent the rest of the world and to be at the head of the world not only one woman from the household of the Prophet but two women from the household of the Prophet and then he says Khadija al-kubra wa Fatima bint Muhammad Allahumma <laughs> salli ala Muhammad wa al <clears throat> so, of course, we cannot draw down the status of Sayyidat Nisa'ul al-'Alamin, the head woman of the entire world, as it is said in the words of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa wasallam. However, recognizing these similarities between Lady Zahra and Lady Zainab is only a humble attempt to better understand. The prominent stature and position of Lady Zainab and her lofty status in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we begin by saying the following: that Lady Zainab, without a doubt, was a mirror image of the light of Lady Fatima in her chastity and modesty. If you want to understand, say the Zahra, chastity, modesty, you would look at her daughter. Assay the Zaynab salawatullah in which the riwayat says that people could not even see her shadow in Medina. She was the princess of Medina under the government of Imam Ali Salawatullahi and then the princess of Kufa and Iraq when Imam Ali moved his government from Medina to Iraq. No one would see her shadow because her brothers would succumb later would draw a circle around a Sayada Zainab whenever she wanted to go out out of respect and protection to their sister how much does that tell us that we are in need to protect the honor and dignity and hijab of our own daughters sisters and mothers this is a perfect example of modesty and chastity that is drawn from the characteristics of Sayyidina Zahra salamullah alayha, and Sayyida Zainab. They are our role models, not only for women, they are our role models for men and women because both men and women can learn from these great personalities, whether it is in terms of knowledge, akhlaq, morality, uh, uh, chastity, modesty, you name it, it was possessed by these two ladies, Sayyidah Zahra and Sayyida Zaynab, salawatullah wa salamu She was the emulation of her grandmother, Sayyidah Khadija, in abstinence and serenity. Khadija, if you understand the position of Khadija, salamu who was named as the princess of Mecca, she was named as a Tahira, the chaste among the women of Mecca when Rasulullah and his companions and Banu Hashim were taken into the custody of the Quraysh and they were thrown into what we call the Valley of Abu Talib when the Quraysh sanctioned a deal against Muhammad sallallahu <coughs> <coughs> and his followers in the early stages of the islamic mission they uh, they made them leave their houses in mecca and they put them in the shiab it's called shiab abi talib the valley of abu talib the leaders of mecca that's why i'm saying her abstinence her patience her perseverance for the sake of keeping and maintaining and promoting and protecting the mission and the Islamic religion of her husband, Rasulullah sallallahu They came to her and said, You are exempted from going into the valley of Abu Talib. Imagine, her husband is a prisoner in the Shi'ab, Rasulullah. Her cousins, the Muslims, they told her, Because you are the chaste among the women of Mecca, and we know you, and we know your heritage, and we know your family, and we know your status, and you are one of the most esteemed, richest women in Mecca, we will exempt you from going into the Sha'ab of Abi Talib as a prisoner. You know what her response was? She said, wherever Muhammad goes, Khadija follows. This is the ideal woman when her husband carries a mission in life, He has a religious duty in life. He expects the support of his family members. Just like Khadija was. Patience is a virtue that is paid in its entirety on the day of judgment without account. Without account. People who are patient and observe the rituals and the obligation of Islam on the day of judgment, Allah does not bring them to account. Allah does not bring them to account there is a rewire on the authority of the Imams either Imam al-Baqir or Imam al-Sadiq in which he says the following there are a group of people on the day of judgment when the trumpet is blown they come out from the grave and they fly and jump immediately into Jannah no hisab no account no books, nothing, nothing. From the grave to Jannah immediately. They asked the Imam, Who are these, ya Rasulillah? Qala is sabirun. These are the patient ones. Allah Those who have the value of patience. We need to learn and articulate patience because indeed patience brings at the end absolute felicity and comfort absolute triumph absolute triumph so she was like that in comparison to her grandmother she was the reverberation of her father imam ali in his eloquence and his courage a lady alone with the head of seven to two members of her family and the companions of her brother imam hussein is led as a prisoner into the courtyard of Yazid she stands in front of Yazid courageously with the best of words an orator could ever have and she says with a mouthful without breaking without crying ya yazid kid kaydak was a sa'yak wa na'sib juhdak for wallah la tamhu dhikrana. oh yazid plot as much as you want And plan as much as you want, for by Allah you will never be able to erase or obliterate our name. And where is Yazid today? When Yazid is mentioned, what is followed after his name? Al-La'an, right? We curse him and his father because they were the epitome of the orchestrated plot against Ahlul Bayt in Karbala. But when we mention Zainab, when we mention Hussein, when we mention the Ashab of Hussein, when we mention the brothers and family members of Hussein, the salawat on Muhammad wa Ali Muhammad are raised until they reach heaven without a doubt because they wrote with their blood eternity for their name as opposed to that of Yazid and his henchmen. Sallallahu alaihi wa Ali Muhammad. <coughs> she was a copy of her brother imam al-hasan in his forbearance and patience and more certainly she was the twin of imam hussein in bravery and in composure let us now see this resemblance that she has with her mother both ladies fatima Salamullah عليها, and zainab were, were, lost their mothers at a very young age Say the Fatima lost Khadija at a very young age 8 years old perhaps in some riwayat to the extent that she had to look after her father Rasulullah as a mother would right say the uh, Fatima at 8 year old she looked after her father as a mother would look after a child and that's why Rasulullah when he wanted to show the greatness of a Sayyidah Zahra not from a fatherly love because Rasulullah when he gives medals of honor he does not speak from emotion he speaks from what is revealed to him from Allah he does not speak of emotion it's because she's my daughter I will say things in her praise no that's not how Rasulullah functions. Rasulullah gives and awards medals of honor and recognition on the basis that these people worked for it and deserved it. And deserved it. That's why when he spoke about his daughter, he said, Fatima to Ummu Abiha. Indeed, Fatima was the mother of her father. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa wasallam. Lady Fatima. Is the kawsar of her father, right? The abundance of her father. Through her, the progeny, the progeny of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa wa sallam continued. And Lady Zainab was the adornment of her father. Zainu Abiha, Zainab. If you put the two words together, it makes Zainab. Zain and Ab. The beauty of her father becomes Zainab. Zainu Abiha salawatullah just like Lady Fatima was the mother of her father Lady Zainab grew up playing a similar role with the responsibility of looking after all her brothers salawatullah salamuhu alayha both Lady Fatima and Lady Zainab had the same daries same diary you know when it comes to marriage it's not the time but let me say something marriage is not about you know big weddings or celebrations spending money hundreds of thousands of dollars and the groom has to be in debt for the rest of his life in order to 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 make a wedding to celebrate and accommodate five six hundred people instead of spending this money to waste and trust me i can tell you this with confidence everyone at the end of the wedding will find something to criticize you for. Either the food was cold or not enough, or you did not seat them on the right table, or the hall was not big enough, or the AC was not or the that's not to talk about the music also and the dancing, right? Which is all in all Haram. So instead of starting our life with halal, we start our life with Haram. And when things go wrong, we say, "Why Allah, why? Why may you wage war on Allah from day one in your marriage." right? From day one, people are obsessed with everything negative from other cultures. We do not take the positive in other cultures. We only take what the negative. Whatever brought, draws us back, we implement in our sessions and now where was the wedding of Sayyidah Zahra Salam Allah. where was it where was it you know what what happened during her wedding she gave away her wedding dress to a lady that came knocking on her door saying she does not have money she donated her wedding dress now we're not saying to our sisters donate your wedding dress right or to our brothers Don't wear a tuxedo on your wedding night. No, wear a tuxedo on your wedding night. No problem. But don't go to the extravagance where this money could be utilized in something useful. In Sadaqah Jaria, a permanent continuous act of charity. Imagine, I remember once, there was two couples who got married in Turkey. They made a vow that on their wedding day, when the wedding day happened, they planned all the expenses so they plan they allocated certain money for the wedding certain money for the food certain money for the cars certain money for the uh uh, sweets certain money whatever it is they allocated all the budget and on their wedding day they declared that the wedding is canceled and they noted they donated all the money to the orphans all the money went to the orphans Sadaqa Jariya deal with allah and feel the difference you know when you deal with allah allah tells you you're not more generous than me if you're looking after the orphans in this world that i've asked you to look after i will surely then look after you and your family members god forbid something may happen to them imam ali testified that fatima was a good helper and and an excellent wife in the way of allah she was the best support to imam ali during his mission and abdullah ibn jafar testified to zainab as being the best housewife in the house and outside the house similarities they're like carbon copies of one another both inherited the eloquence from their fathers delivered keynote speeches and resembled their fathers in their demeanor when Lady Fatima al Zahra Salawatullah alayha, and Lady Zainab started their well-known speeches that of Fatima Zahra in the mosque of the Prophet and that of Zainab in the courtyard of Yazid Ibn Muawiyah they demanded respect and you know how they did this just by waving their hand say the Fatima went into the Prophet mosque and there was hustle and bustle and cries and loud voices when she stood in the Prophet mosque, she waved her hand like this, and there was drop pen silence, and she began her speech. Exactly like what happened to Zainab in the courtyard of Yazid. Alayhi And when Yazid wanted in a way to undermine the status of Zainab, this is what she said to him listen to her eloquence. They inherited the eloquence of their fathers, Fatima from Muhammad and Zaynab from Ali Salawatullah. Oh. Mm. Oh. She said to, to Yazid, these are her words All those who have put you in charge due to which you are due to which you are playing havoc with the lives of Muslim. Will now will know for certain how evil the end of the oppressors are. Imagine she is a prisoner saying to Yazid, "You are an oppressor." How many among us say to an oppressor, "You are an oppressor"? Right? How many in his courtyard, in the middle of his gathering among his ministers and you know uh, uh, henchmen? She tells him, "You are an oppressor." uh how evil the end of the oppressors are and which of you shall have the worst place and will be the least protected on the day of judgment although O Yazid calamities have forced me to speak to someone like you she's telling him you are not even worth it you're not even worth me talking to you but it's my plight and my fate that I had to come face to face with someone as arrogant and as useless as you are, Yazid. She said, Although calamities have forced me to speak to you, I see you trivial in my eyes, and I find your verbal attacks great and regards your rebuke too much to bear. But the eyes are tearful and the chest are filled with sorrows. What is even stranger, O oh Yazid? That the honored party of Allah is being killed by the party of the released ones. So she's telling him about his past. She says, Do you know where you came from? You came from those that Muhammad, my grandfather Rasulullah, when he conquered Mecca, he came and he said to the people of Mecca, When your father and grandfather were not even Muslims, they were not even Muslims. And they asked Rasulullah, what are you gonna do to us? Now, now you're asking Rasulullah what he will do to you. He said, I will say to you, like Yusuf said to his brothers, La Tathri Balyauma Aleyk, there is no harm on you. Yusuf said to his brothers, There's no harm on you after all they've done to him. They threw him in a well, they actually plotted to kill him, but forgiveness filled his heart because a prophet of Allah just like your noble prophet Muhammad sallallahu (سؤال) alayhi (سؤال) wa said what even stranger is the honored party of Allah is being killed by the party of the released one so they said to the prophet what are you gonna do with us so the prophet said go you are released for the sake of Allah that's what she's referring to you were released from death and then you turn against the same family members of the one who released you to kill them? This is how we repay. Ihsan? When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Wa hal jazah ul ihsani does goodness only not beget goodness? Ajeeb. When someone is good to you, how would you reciprocate that good except with good, except in the case of Beni Umayyad and Bani al-Abbas? if you regard us as your booty as you claim you shall find you shall soon find nothing but what your hands has committed and your lord never treats his servants unjustly to Allah is my complaint and upon him I do rely so scheme whatever you want kit and carry on with your plots and intensify your efforts for by Allah you shall never be able to obliterate our mention, nor will you ever be able to kill the revelation that was revealed to us. Nor will you ever exalt your position. No you will be and no you will, nor will your shame ever be washed away. Indeed, she tells him, listen to this. Indeed, she predicts what will happen to Yazid. Indeed, your days are numbered. Indeed, your days are numbered. فَأَيَامُكَ You will not last, and your wealth is wasted. وَجَمْعُكَ When on the day of judgment, a caller will call out: Allah اللَّهِ عَلَى The curse of Allah should go towards the oppressors. This is how Zainab spoke. Sallallahu This is the Zainab. That we want to learn and learn and and, and and inspire ourselves from her bravery and courage. Lady Fatima herself describes the weight of calamities which befell her. She says, alayya masaibu, law subbat ala alayyami, layaliya. Calamities showered on me such that if they were placed on days, they would turn into dark nights. That's what Lady Fatima. Fatima suffered and that's exactly what Lady Zainab also suffered let's go to Sham let's go to Karbala tonight Imam Hussein, a day before the 10th day goes out with one of his companions by the name of Nafa Nafa one of the companions of Imam the Imam is at night and Nafa comes and he sees the Imam doing something completely unusual completely on you you won't even think why the imam would do something like that so nafa draws closer to the imam the imam he greets him salamu alayka uh, what brought you out in this time of the night so imam hussein says to nafa what brought you out he said i was worried about you i saw a shadow near the tents of ahlul Bayt, and i was taken by fee that someone may have initiated the attack earlier on the tents of your woman folk. Only when I drew closer to you, I realized that it was you, Yabna Rasulullah. He said, May Allah bless your concern, O Nafi'ah. Then he says, Then what brought you out, Yabna Rasulullah? He said, Tomorrow after our death, our tents will be burnt. My woman folk and my daughters and the girls and the children will run for their lives so i had to clear all the thorns from the doors of the tents so that when they come out they don't step over those thorns or cause them to have these thorns into their feet and suffer more than what would suffer from running away from the burning tents Habid ibn Muslim says that I was standing observing the burning of the tents. all of a sudden I saw a lady standing by a remote tent away from the tents of the woman. and the fire has caught to her abaya, to her dress. I drew closer to her and I said, "Ya "Yah,mat Allah inna aw Oh!" slave of allah amatullah is like saying abdullah but amatullah is for a lady you say abdullah for a man he said amatullah the fire is taking to your clothes hamid ibn muslim says she did not reply i repeated the plea with her more than once and the fire is coming up and up during the time when i was speaking to her she said Woe unto you O oh hamid war unto you i know the fire is in my clothes but don't you know that we have a sick person in the tent that no one can bring him out? She's referring to Imam Zainul Abideen. Salawatullahi she did not worry about herself. She worried about the Imam of her time being burnt in the tent and no one is able to bring him out until she forced herself to carry Imam Zainul Abideen and he helped himself out. She said to the Imam. Salawatullahi where do i start about the plight of laylatul wahsha this layla that makes you cry from head to toe that makes you lose your consciousness as opposed to what had happened to them she says oh zainul abideen my aunt my nephew you are the imam of your time now what do we do they are burning our tents you know what the imam says is Zainab tell the ladies that each one of you should take by the hand of a younger member of the family and run out in the open desert, because today there is no protection from these enemies. This is the plight of Ahlul Bayt. Salawatullah wa salamu alayhim ajmaeen. A girl, it's they say it was Rukia Sukaina depending on the culture you belong to. She was running away from the burning tents and someone was was chasing after her until he got to her and then he snatched her earrings from her ear. She said, yeah, sheikh. Oh, old man, why are you doing this? Can't you see I'm helpless? I'm a young girl. You know what he says? He says, if I I don't do it, someone else will do it. No rahma no mercy these people were animals they were not human beings what they did to the prophet's family sallallahu alaihi wasallam then when the fire settled the the tents were burned all the family members of ahlul bayt are now under the sky nothing to cover them nothing to shield them they all collected them in one place and then they brought water to them they brought water finally. So they started drinking the water. Each one of them, when they held the water bag, would give it to someone else. And then Zainab says, Why aren't you drinking the water? Now you're allowed to drink the water. Each one of them would say, How can we drink when our father Hussein died out of thirst? The poet describes this scene. He says that sukaina so went towards the head of her father which which was fixed on a lance the poet says it is as if this is the scenario the conversation that took place between sukaina and her father she says to the water water, water the man in charge of water she drags him the poet says she drags him and she says go to the head of my father i want to give him a sip of water first he says to her okay i will pour in your cup so that you can give it to your father the poet then says she took that cup to give the water to her father but she was so short she could not climb the lance she showed every time she would try to stand on her tippy toe the water would fall from her hands because she could not reach the water or the head of her father, Imam Hussain. What else can I mention about the plight? When they wanted to take the women folk towards Kufa, they brought very weak camels. And Imam Zain al-Abideen started putting the girls and the women on top of the camels so that they could ride to Kufa. There was two camels left, one for Imam al Abidin and one for Sayyidah Zainab. Imam al Abidin says, Sayyidah Zainab, you ride. She said, how can I ride when you are sick and you cannot even to go on top of the camel? He says, oh Zainab, oh my aunt, if you don't ride, there is no one that will give you the ability to mount the horse you know what say the zaynab says she said no i have a guarantor he's sleeping by the sharia abu like the way he took me out of medina he will come and take me out of karbala وسيعلم الذين ظلموا أيام قلب ينقلبون. Brothers and sisters, this is the night that, insha'Allah, we anticipate without a doubt that it's a night where Allah responds to your حاجات. Ask Allah for anything. Ask Allah for your well-being, for the well-being of your children. Ask Allah that He protects their عقيدة, their faith, their Islam, their ولاية أهل البيت. صلوات الله وسلام ask for their sustenance for their protection from all these challenges that are facing them for all the plots that are being Concocted to draw them away from their faith. Ask for the chastity of your wives, children, women, sisters. Ask that Allah makes you prominent in any community you are in, that you don't need anyone, or you don't have to hand to to stretch your hands out for anyone. With this intention, with this, ask Allah to protect you in this world, so that you can have a safe passage to the hereafter and be in the company of Muhammad wa al Muhammad. This with this, I ask you with the loudest of your voices in this night where the dua inshallah is mustajab by the right of Hussein, by the right of Zainul Abideen, by the right of Sayyidina, by the right of all Ahlul Bayt. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Aman. A man, you give all motor, right? That are why Last one with the loudest of your voices and بحق محمد وآل محمد وبحرمة الفاتحة مع الصلوات